Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Andy J Podcast. Podcast. Hello there, welcome to episode 111 of the Andy J Podcast. Crikey, that's, uh, that keeps going up, doesn't it? Now, I should tell you, this is a very curious episode. It's a fascinating listen, it's a quirky listen, it's slightly different to the conversations we've had previously, um, because my special guest is a rather chaotic and wonderful lady. She's dangerously funny and she is known for her sort of wicked sense of mischief and um, never playing by the rules and accordingly she didn't really play by the rules of a standard interview this does descend into chaos and madness on a few occasions but bear with us I think it's a lot of fun and I think you'll enjoy it Lou Sanders is a very funny woman she's done all the massive telly shows as you can imagine she's done all sorts of huge tours I believe her her tour at the moment is called One Word Wow she's just yeah she's terrific she's worked with all the best people she's very ambitious and yeah she's she's just great this does get nuts i'm trying to tell you this in the nicest of ways as the guy asking the questions there was a moment quite early in the show in fact when it was clear that lou was going to um, subvert the rules of an interview and which is fascinating given that she hosts her own podcast as well but nonetheless uh, she was going to play it her way and i thought to myself well i can either just sort of persist and be straight laced and just kind of go with the, the standard interview format and let her give some wild and uh, wonderful answers and not necessarily um, answer the questions or i can just lean in and see what happens if i um if I try and adapt to her way of thinking. <laughs> so that's what I did. And we go down some crazy wormholes involving mostly Paddy McGuinness. But you'll discover that for yourself. I think and hope you will find this a very engaging and entertaining listen. And as I say, quite different to what we usually do. A little bit of housekeeping for you as well. This is going to be our last episode for a little bit. I'm speaking to you at the end of April 2022, if you're listening in real time. And uh, we are going to be hitting a pause just for a few weeks. We will be returning with, I mean, we've got so many guests lined up for uh, the coming months ahead. Some incredible names, ones that I'm really excited about, actually. Some Hollywood stars, some massive comedians, some cool sports people and so on. And we will be returning in a few weeks, but we're having a short break um, because we are doing some things with a broadcaster and we are having to... Uh, uh, sort of manage our time a little bit cleverly. It's been um, quite a massive undertaking being able to bring these to you every single week for the last 111 weeks, whatever it is. So, yeah, we're having a very short pause. We will return. Please do continue to keep us in your favourites and you'll be updated. And, of course, on my social channels and so on, I'll um, make a splash of the next guest when it all happens. You'll also probably be able to see us on screen soon. 
uh, hosting some some fun conversations. But more on that in the future. For now, please enjoy and thank you for your company. It is greatly appreciated. The wonderful Lou Sanders. And if you are new to this podcast, you've joined us on the last episode for a while, please check out the 110 other episodes that are waiting for you. If you like funny people, we've got loads of them. Just last week we had Omid Jalili, who is hilarious, by the way. Prior to that, we've had the likes of Harry Hill and Harry Enfield and Clive Anderson. Uh, so, yeah, we've had some amazing, brilliant, hilarious people. Marcus Bridgestone. I could keep going, actually, because we've had so many guests. So please check out our back catalogue of wonderful, wonderful people. Each conversation has something rare and unique in it, and I hope that you will seek them out and enjoy them. And if you have been a regular listener, if you've checked into several of our episodes or all of them, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. For now, as I say, it's a bit crazy, this one, but in all the right ways. And when I say crazy, I mean utter chaos. Here is the wonderful, the remarkable, the delightful Lou Sanders. Podcast. She's a multi-award winning comedian. She's on a UK-wide tour right now with her solo show, One Word Wow. She has an incredibly successful podcast and she's on all the funny TV shows all the time. It's Lou Sanders. How are you doing, Lou? Well, yeah, good, thank you. How are you? That was a, I like that you sort of cheered yourself in a little bit of an intro You've way. got to, because you, were, you really went up with the, you know, the energy and stuff. And I thought, Andy Joe's doing a lot of work here. You know, you've got to meet him halfway. <laughs> so I did, I, 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 I worked myself in. I've got a thing to say. <laughs> do you have to do that backstage? Because I've I've seen a lot of comedians that have to introduce themselves off stage, and I always feel that's a little unfair. I always feel there should be an announcer or like a pre-recorded announcement so that it's a different voice to the one we then listen to coming out of the comedian. Some that's people, doing the thing. some people like it psychologically to introduce themselves. Like I've been backstage, people and said, "Do you want me to introduce you?" I've been like, "No, <laughs> no, I do it myself." Um, Oh, my plant's just broken. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> is it a content you're looking for? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and then I, I prefer it if somebody is there to introduce me, but sometimes the duty manager at the theatre ever gets really shy and doesn't want to, and I think, yes, I know how you feel. Do you, do you put on an accent or just to, like, try and make yeah. it sound slightly different? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do, and that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially if you then keep the accent for the first part of the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm probably in character and it's not working. So look, you are on this massive tour. And by the way, Lou, I hope you don't mind, but I want to properly dive into what it's like to be you and how you got to be where you are, because you're in this wonderfully exciting position now where the, the kind of comedy world is at your fingertips. I mean, anybody that's got a naked Brett Goldstein on their Instagram feed, just nonchalantly oh. in the background, that's... <laughs> You've, you've made it at That's life. living. Yes. That's living, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, and a dog. I mean, that and a dog, you. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's quite a few dogs around, but there's not many naked Brett Goldsteins on, on people's feet. No, so. yeah, ten, yeah, yeah, that's right, actually. He wasn't completely naked. I would just like to say he did have um, some, some shorts on. I mean, that spoiled the myth slightly there, Lou. I was hoping people would, <laughs> would flock to your gram now to, to, to try and see... <laughs> See what that was all about, but you sort of burst he did them have, off. He had his, he had his tops off. He had his top both of them, both them off. <laughs> so, we went to stay with him for a bit because um, he's well, he's rented a house, and uh, we thought we were going to move in. Me and my flatmate Luke McQueen, but then 
it's not near our house and you sort of create your life around your house, don't you? So, but we pop over and have little sleepovers. Very cute. Topless sleepovers. I mean, on his side of things, not, not not yours, obviously. Happy days. Well, look, let's let's talk about kind of the, the joys of comedy because obviously you are on tour. You have a podcast with pretty much every famous comedian going right now, which is actually quite deep and exciting conversations. It's not just about gags and so on. But mm. but you are right in the epicenter of of the comedy world. How does it feel? What's it like, kind of being in the in the right in the thick of it? Oh, it's never enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always more that you want to do, isn't there? You always sort of feel, uh, I don't know, but it is very exciting and I do feel very lucky and I do, I have got an attitude of gratitude. Um, So, yeah, that is quite fun because it took me ages to get there, like maybe 12 years maybe to to get on TV and stuff. I think largely because people didn't trust me because it was quite chaotic stage um so now i know it does feel i do feel really 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 lucky because the jobs you do get more and more fun actually because they're higher pressure or higher profile what's the no less pressure because you think well this isn't going to end my career but you know when you're on your first tv show whatever you think well this is everything you know and, and nothing's everything i mean world events are us but nothing really matters but you know you sort of think oh this is a career ender I don't do well on this but now you sort of think oh I can just have fun and it just gets easier and you don't care as much so you're funnier naturally because you're not in your head sort of thinking this is going to destroy my whole career well what's what's I think most interesting for you is that a lot of these kind of panel shows and these comedy shows that we've we've kind of now got to know they've been around for a decade or 15 years or whatever and and when they started they were sort of excuses for comedians to do pre-rehearsed bits weren't they they were almost kind of like mm-hmm. i'm i'm going to feed you into one of your famous bits and there'd be five or six yeah. comedians sitting around all doing bits but now, and, and you weren't part of that scene, that was you were still kind of a newbie on the scene. But now it's not about that. It's about people being naturally, spontaneously funny, or at least that's how it seems. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Am I yeah. right? Are you are you just kind of riffing? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, totally. And that's what I love the most, I think. So, you know, QI is like that. And um, it was a really good show. I don't know where it went. It was, um, I didn't get to go on it. And you bring your thing in and talk about it. I can't remember what it was called. And I think it only went for one series. It's so, such a cute, funny little show. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was just people having a chat with low pressure. And I think that is when people are the funniest. I don't know. Or maybe a mix is good. So people get their sort of one-liners and stuff. I don't know. But people don't have, but then I'm, Mock the Week is the one that I'm thinking is, is obviously quite rehearsed. But, then people do write for the show as well. So at least it it's not necessarily in their sets, you know what I mean? Like they'll get the topics and then write around it. So So you get a little bit of warning. So it is it's kind of new. Yeah. For that. It is but you know, a lot of the time it's the first time it's they they said it and stuff. So you sort of think, Oh that you know, that's that's quite good then. Yes, yes. And then of course we've seen you on Unforgivable, which where you're you're an absolute scene stealer, you know this. Sitting alongside the lovely Mel Gedrich, and and basically you're just the rude one, aren't you? It's wonderful. It's an easy role for me. Mel's got all the 
she's got the hard work, but she keeps it all going. She's fantastic. And then this, uh, have you watched the series too? I think, um, I think Mal's, Mal's got like, Mal's got hilarious lines. I mean, she, that she just comes out with and stuff. But I think it works in tandem. One wouldn't work without the other kind of thing. Actually, she would work quite well without me. <laughs> but like, feel like we need, it's like different colours. We need each other, you know? Yes. Um, she's so good. She's just so, um, uh, she just keeps it all on the road. Like she's got a hundred things to do at once and I just pop in with a line here and there. So, um, but yeah, she keeps it. She's, I'm learning from her so much. She's, and also she's the nicest woman you've ever met, but also really funny. She's not got a side to her. It's insane. I can't, I can't, I've never met anyone who's genuinely so nice and joyful and funny and professional. Yes. Yes. I had an hour with her, I don't know, a few months ago on this show. And I was beforehand, I wasn't, you know what I mean? I wasn't sure what to expect because she's mm-hmm. Mel from Mel and Sue, right? So she's, she's kind of, she's, yeah. she's entitled to be whatever she wants. I wasn't expecting yeah. her to be utterly lovely. And she just was so oh. disarmingly nice. You're like, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's genuine as well. It's like, it just comes naturally. She's like sunshine, it's insane. And she's also just takes every, doesn't take anything really very seriously at all. Just like, yeah, she's amazing. She's seen it all though, hasn't she? You know, she's she's had those, the super highs of fame. She's had the bankruptcy. So she's she's kind of got the full picture of life, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, still, I know people that have had all that and still not, been like that. I think it's just innate. She's just like, yeah. Anyway, she's great. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. When you, Lou, when you've got all these famous people in the same place that are all naturally funny, right? Which is which is the kind of the de rigueur for all these shows, right? When you're all in the same space, does it raise your funny or does it heighten the pressure? Because it, are people just trying to outdo each other, like in the schoolyard, or is it? No, I don't think they are nowadays. I think there was that, and I think. Of course, there's an element of you want to bring your best self and you want to add. You don't you don't want to be the one in the room that's like quiet or anything. But I think it does add. It's like I think we know now. Like I think years ago, it was like quite alpha, and it was like I've got to be the funniest one in the room. And from what I hear, but now I think people realise it's actually a better show if you are all funny and you all give. Like Taskmasters, that um, we're talking to someone about this about Taskmasters the other day, and the reason it's so brilliant is because everyone shines in a different way so there is no competition I'm not in competition with Paul Sinner because he's so funny bumbling around in a dressing gown you know and it's just a completely different vibe do you see what I mean yes yes I do although so, although you did win Taskmaster so you say you're not in competition yeah. but <laughs> yeah yeah but okay for a head but not for in terms of funniness like I spoke to someone the other day and they were like Paul Sinner was my favourite contestant you know and someone else Sean Gibson but you know it, like they they like them all and it works because we're all there together in conjunction and it makes it I don't know you know what I mean like everyone shines in a different way because they're just bringing themselves and that's like they're just funny in a different way it's always going to resonate with someone who is either like that or the opposite to that yeah yeah so yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, we're, all, we're all little winners, aren't we? <laughs> Everyone's a winner, although you technically want it. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about the kind of the kind of variety in comedy these days, because when you and I are similar in age, so when we were growing up, comedy was basically a bloke standing on stage in front of an audience, yeah. or, or a pub or whatever, but just yeah. holding an audience, telling some stories, telling some gags, usually 
at the expense of his fake misses, you know, and that that was kind yeah. of that yeah. was that was it. And then you know, Monty Python came along and they changed the game in terms of what was happening on telly. But still, we were looking yeah. at sketches and things. Whereas now, I know commissioners. By the way, I know commissioners that still think that comedy is a man in a suit, like you know, a forty, fifty-year-old man in a suit, usually white. Um, that's sort of being alpha and stuff. And when they see another type of comedy, they can't get their head around it. And they're like, this isn't funny, but all the audience is laughing. And they're like, this isn't funny. <laughs> they're like, well, it is. Because everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. And sometimes, disappointingly, it's like sort of women our age now and again. And you're like, what are you talking about? You want to be represented? Madness. But um, there's not too many of them, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's quite depressing. And there's room for everyone. There's room for the alpha man from the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, he's, you know, I mean, Jack D's one of the funniest people alive. He wears a suit. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Jack D's hilarious, but I just, there's room for everything. But I mean, there has to be, like, people have to be represented, I think. Yes, Jack Jack D's mojo sketch is particularly entertaining. I mean, that's you know, I'll just, if you don't know it, you 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 should you'll enjoy it. But what I was meaning is that that we have seen this great evolution, not just in who's telling the jokes, which is which is perhaps yeah. the biggest and most important thing. Yeah. But actually, it's also how we can consume it. It no longer has to be yeah. a live audience in a venue. You know, television has flipped yeah. things on its head. Podcasts have flipped things on its head. Does it mean, like, f- for you, what's the best thing? Because you are on this big tour. You're going out in front of an audience every night and having a great time with them. But then in the daytime, you might be in the studio with a bunch of famous people telling great stories to each other and there happens to be captured on camera. You know, it's, it's, such, a, it's such an immersive career now. Yeah, that's what I love about it, the difference. I, did, I, I wouldn't say there's only one thing because I love being with an audience and it's live and you, when you're done, you're done sort of thing. And it's, I don't mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm done, goodbye. <laughs> Thank God, look forward to that the most. No, but uh, yeah, like, I think it all feeds in and it's all, like, it's all fun to do, I think. I like doing TV, like entertainment shows, because it's just so easy just messing about with your friends kind of thing. Um, but then live is really good. It's hard. Like writing a new show is quite, it's quite hard. It's a lot easier just to um, go on a panel show with some gags kind of thing. But, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so what is, I mean, you are, you know, when, you, when you're kind of looking at your career now, success is clearly a, a label that is appropriate for you. You are a success. You're a great success. But you also sound to me like you're fiercely ambitious. So what is in your plan for the next three, five years? Uh, I want to write a book. I've got some sitcoms in, so I want one of them to go. Um, and I'd like to work in America for a bit. I'm not sure in what concept, in what capacity, but I would like to go and maybe live in LA for six months or something, New York. That was that was immediate. I thought you were going to be like, "Oh no, I'm just having a nice time. It's all fine." But you you're properly driven. Why? Why wouldn't you want to expand? I read once that you're only either expanding or contract. We're so embarrassed about ambition in the UK, but it's not even ambition. It's like, what? This is so fun. Why wouldn't you want to do more of it and do different stuff? And you know, and um. Yeah, I read this thing that you're either expanding or contracting. So you've got to expand, baby. Yeah, fair play. I like that. So, Lou, let's talk about your journey into comedy because it, 
it's one of those things where I've spoken to a lot of comedians now and they, they've, they all kind of start with, well, I just knew I was funny when I was younger, you know, and it's that, it's that old adage and you must get this people coming up to you after gigs and so on saying, Oh, my mates will tell me I'm the funniest one in the pub. So I could do this. It, it isn't like that, is it? It isn't just about being the funny one in your collection of mates. Oh my God. No, I mean, some of the funniest people I know, the comedians aren't successful because now, unfortunately, it's all about marketing almost. It's like quite corporate. It's really depressing. So I know some really funny people who have um, not stuck at comedy for whatever reason. And then, and you're like, but they were the funniest one. They were so, their essence was so funny, but they didn't know how to, I don't know, channel it. And it makes me so sad because I felt like that was me for the first six, seven years. And I was like, why aren't I on stuff? And, I mean, it's because I had a massive drink problem. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking no one trusted me. But <laughs> you learn, you adapt, <laughs> you stop drinking. <laughs> but, but other people have got other like blocks kind of thing, and it makes and it. But then maybe they're not supposed to be like the guy that I'm thinking of now that that quit. So funny, <laughs> and he's in a band now. I think he's happy in his day job and stuff so it's not like he'd be any happier doing comedy he might not be you know there's all sorts of reasons why people stop but yeah it's not the funniest one in the room it's the one that knows how to um sell themselves the most which is really depressing i think yeah that's not cool the the guy you're thinking of that that quit comedy who's now in a band is it chris martin no (laughs) no did he do comedy no but wouldn't that have been fun if you yeah 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 yeah, just just so happens you know as as ed sheeran (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, oh, he wasn't yeah, very, yeah, yeah. just wasn't very good at marketing himself. But he, <laughs> he could write. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such is the way of it. I mean, look, you, you brought it up in a, as if it were, and you kind of laughed it off about the drinking. But can we talk about you and booze? Because you, you've had a bit of a relationship with the bottle, Me historically. Me and booze were a marriage that was very dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, no, I did drink for years. And I am, um, I'll be all right for a bit. And then I'll sort of go haywire and I uh, burnt a few bridges and, God, I got barred from a um, snowboarding festival because uh, I got that drunk and I didn't get paid. And I was like, you know what, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm allowed back in now, but I don't think they've rebooked me as that, even though I haven't drunk for like five, six years. But yeah, it was um, it was one shame well after another. But yet we continued. That's ambition, baby. Yes. You keep going back. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. I mean, I've I've heard you talk about your past and you've described these murky moments from obviously from from when you were drinking I mean are these uh, you sort of laugh them off now which is which is testament to your ability to kind of move on but but are they sort of things do you think do you think it shaped you and changed you because obviously everybody's been on a journey I don't think anyone gets through life without stuff um you know and I think most people have got uh, you know things in one way or another but I don't attach a label to it now because I don't drink now so I don't really agree with sort of uh, like harping on about the past and sort of being like oh well I have this it's like yeah right everyone that's a point of life that you're supposed to overcome things you know what I mean like everyone's got a thing probably most people over drink in Britain anyway do you know what I mean like yeah. I mean I did take it to the next level but so what I think it's a gift in a way because then you um um, have a little look at yourself and think, yeah, I don't want to be doing that. 
And then you do a little bit of work around it and then you come back nicer. So everything's a, everything's, yeah, everything's, I just, I just think everyone's going to have something, you know? Yes. You see, this is an attitude that, that you've, you've, I've kind of read about, you've, you've done several interviews and so on where, where you talk about you, you'd never want to be labelled as a victim. And this is an attitude that I has really kind of, it's quite different to what the modern take is these days. You know, quite a lot of people, and I have a celebrity chat show, I speak to people every week, and yeah. you hear a lot of people talking about challenges from their past and how they've, you know, and, and they will labour the battle they've had. It, you know, it becomes almost a calling yeah, card. So, yeah, Oh my God! Move on. Everyone's got a thing. <laughs> also, it's like you—it's like you're sort of glamorising the victimisation of it and hanging on to it. And it's like I don't know. I don't feel like that person anymore. I had a drink problem. I stopped drinking. I'm not going to keep identifying as that. That was in the past. Like it's quite easy for me not to drink now. I know more other people have more of a struggle with it, but I think you've got to do some work around the drive to self-destruct kind of thing rather than just stop drinking and that's it kind of thing. But yeah, it's like years ago. I don't feel like that person anymore. I don't know. Everyone needs a badge. It seems like everyone needs a badge of like, well, oh, I've been through this. And you're like, yeah. You also went to private school and got a really loving family and then not in a war zone. <laughs> so I think you'll be okay. Do you know, that's a really refreshing take on it actually because it, it, that's just that's just a really down-to-earth sort of vibe isn't it yeah that was me it's not me anymore and I mean I know some people suffer like hideous depression and it's really like I don't mean uh, you know if you mean oh come on get over yourself kind of thing and I know like obviously some people's problems like are really but I do believe there's help for everyone if you just keep searching I don't know I think I think but sometimes that that the will to be a victim and it's not their fault it is it's like um such a strong driver formed from like being you know a kid or whatever it's almost like they've learned being a victim gets more attention than anything else and then that drive is, is like overwhelmingly strong and then i don't know they they you know they get into a habit of of that kind of thing so it feels very real yeah. But I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a comedian. <laughs> no, but it's, but you've but gone, you have I've gone very deep. <laughs> well, you've lived a life, Lou, and that's and that's what I'm getting at. You know, I'm not sort of trying to kind of force up unpleasant memories or anything because you, you know. Oh you're... no, I don't care about that. I just mean I've gone deep in like psychoanalyzing people that <laughs> I'm speculating about. But you're in a position to be able to do that. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that that kind of throw stones where when when they have no idea what other people have been through but because you have had challenges because you have famously had these these things you you know i had celia imray here one time talking about she had an eating disorder and and she was very uh, assertive about people with eating disorders and she she talked about how she got herself out of it and she was being very apologetic for saying these things but of course ultimately because she had lived it she was she was entitled to speak about it because She's experienced it. And so it's the same thing when you're explaining why you don't understand why people kind of hold on to being victims. It's because you've had the challenges yourself and you've moved on from it. And you're just saying from your experience. I think the message is get over yourself, everybody. (laughs) That's not going to go down. No, I do feel for people like if they're they're going through something and everyone goes through something, it's the human condition, isn't it? But I also think there's like you get addicted to sort of sitting in the pit and feeling sorry for yourself and it's really hard to get out of it but 
that is the only way to get out of it. You know, so there's other stuff. There's always stuff you can do kind of thing. One step at a time. But anyway. What did you turn to, Lou? Sorry, so we, we'll, don't worry, we'll talk about funny things again very soon, I promise. Well, no, no I've, <laughs> I've always done like quite a lot of... Um, I don't love the title self-help because it's like... Bleh. But I've always done quite a bit of that which has helped, even if it's um, tools for cognitive thinking or, you know, stuff like that. It just, like... I used to be quite an unhappy person and now I'd say I'm quite a happy person. And... Um, read a lot of Eckhart Tolle um, just about like not letting your thoughts over dominate it's not easy like I can't do it all the time and I am sometimes mad but um, it's better than just sitting in the pit thinking someone's got someone's got to drag me out of here surely it's everyone else's fault <laughs> you know yes yes so this is you're, you're sort of talking like kind of almost almost like therapy and because you, you've done healing and things over the years yeah um, yes and with that, and then actually I did get a bit addicted to that, and then that was a bit silly because I couldn't make a decision without um, without thinking, "Oh, that's amazing about this," and that was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, then I sort of thought, you know, it's all the old, it's all the old boring things: get in nature, meditate, all of that stuff that you don't really fancy doing when you feel a bit blue. But um, yeah. Hello, it's John Marco here from our sister podcast, The Driven Chat Podcast. Right now, you're listening to The Andy J Podcast, and it's quite good, isn't it? In fact, do me a favour, give it a little review, five stars, and wherever you're listening, hit that little subscribe or follow button, because it does help. See you around. The Andy J Podcast. Yes, okay. Fair dues. Well, whatever it was, it, it worked for you. I mean, it's just I'm just sort of thinking to myself, if there's someone that is feeling that they're trapped in a pit, you've had it. You've got out of it. You're telling them to get out yeah. of it. You've, you know, it's just useful to be able to give people some tools. So ultimately, yeah, there's loads of stuff on YouTube as well, like um, Abraham Hicks, like up call. It's not for everyone that, that, but then you can find something that is for you. You know, even like uh, meditation or um, I don't know, <coughs> gone meditation. I was behind a girl the other day uh, walking out the road, and she's like, yeah. Yeah, I went to go on meditation. She was just shouting on the phone to her mate. It was really sweet though. I went to go on meditation. I've never had such a good effing sleep in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it's reaching everyone. Sorted. I mean, that's that's but, the solution, isn't it? Nice big sleep. You're, you're sorted. Yeah, nice big snooze. And I went to go on meditation and I met, I annoyed everyone because I started snoring and they could hear me over the gong. Wow. Oh, dear, that didn't go down very well. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll. That's that's a snore you got on you, Lou. That's uh, credit you. to you. Well done. <laughs> I'm impressed. The word. <laughs> she oh, can snore. No. <laughs> Out snoring a gong. Yeah. Make it make it clear. They'll absolutely love it. Um, let's talk about fame, Lou, because obviously, as you say, it took you twelve years to get onto the telly side of the the comedy world, but mm. you'd been earning your chops as it were on stages oh i've been earning my chops yeah, yeah i've been earning my chops you'd been you know you were you were already a very bright shining successful award-winning comedian before telly came calling but presumably telly is the step change in terms of recognition in terms of people stopping you wanting selfies following you on the gram and so on is it a noticeable thing do you suddenly go oh wow people now know me even though i've been doing this for ages 
Yeah, I guess so. Like if you're eating a sandwich and it's falling out your mouth and someone's smirking at you thinking they know who you are, you sort of think, oh, yeah, better eat better in public. It's that sort of thing. But um, when I like it when people like say they've seen the show. I think that means more if they've seen like a comedy show of mine. They're like, I really like your show rather than I saw you on this thing and you know what I mean? Because then they're just excited to see someone from the telly but I like it more if they're like, oh, I read your article or I saw your show and then I'm like, oh, that that is nice actually. Because then you feel like, yeah, you're sort of connecting through your work a bit. Yeah, no, of course. You're being recognised. That doesn't sound too pompous. No, no, you're being recognised for what your what your craft is rather than just because you're what on you're, the telly. What you're popping out there, what you're peeping out there, yeah. Yeah, that's those are real fans. But have you noticed, I mean, has your day-to-day life changed now that you are a, a person that can be perfectly certifiably famous? Well, I would say, I'm sorry to be on, I would say, <laughs> I'll start again, I would say that... Um, if I tweet someone in the complaints department, they might get back to me a bit quicker, and that is a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You just people will respond yeah. to you faster on complaints. <laughs> yeah, that's the big one, baby. <laughs> and sometimes I get a free cardigan or something, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. Cardigan, yeah. I mean, you're you're a big cardigan wearer, so that's that's a relief. <laughs> Snores, yeah. Snoring and cardigans, that's what you're known for, Louie. I mean, that's the. <laughs> new, yeah, new, uh, I've got a new brand. That's, they're the... <laughs> Granddad's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nursing home tour. It'll be amazing. It'll be, you'll be rocking <laughs> it. Um, Lou, let's talk about how you come up with the funny stuff, though, because it's, you, you basically, because it's a job, you have to sit down and, and write funny. How do you how do you do it? How do yeah. you get in the zone? Well, I get um, um, who's the guy that does me likey no lighty? What's his name? My memory's gone. Me me likey no lighty. No, he does a show. No likey no lighty. Pat, what's his name? I can cut this out. What's his name? <laughs> no, we're going to keep it all. It's great. Paddy McGuinness. Oh, okay. I get Paddy McGuinness. I get Paddy McGuinness to write my stuff. I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I come up with it <laughs> it's I mean it's yeah okay <laughs> yeah it, it's weird but um, that's what works for me and Paddy Paddy's your formula you just you just get Paddy yeah. in yeah he's got yeah, the time to do that in. is he in between Top Gear and whatever else he's doing and his family moment. and everything yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, it's weird. Um, so, uh, Paddy just writes it, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, I know it's early, but I didn't think we'd fall into such a tangent. <laughs> but is no, that... I'm just telling you the truth of my process. Yeah, know? yeah. I phone up Paddy McGuinness, you know, I say, look, I need some stuff on roller skating. And yeah. um, he does some research and um, off he goes, you know. Right. Good. So he's, yeah, so he's, he's doing all the work for you. And re- you're really, you're just yeah. a conduit for Paddy McGuinness. Yeah. yeah. People say, some people say they channel, but they're great. They channel. And I also do that by channel Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> well, 
what I like about this is this: there could be some truth in it. Like it, you could be the, the Loki of Paddy McGuinness. You're saying all the things he wants to say, but he's too shiny floor show yeah. host to be able to get away with it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's ITV. I'm the the Paddy McGuinness of general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, obviously, you say things with a perhaps slightly more feminine take than than he would ordinarily get away with as well. So yeah. Yeah, so it works for us. Yeah, he gets to express his his inner his inner lady. Well, fabulous. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's fabulous. <laughs> just, so really, what he just sends you the scripts and you just get on with it. Yeah, you know, and there's just tweaks. I say, you know, Paddy, this this bit's coming across really sexist, and he's like, oh yeah, sorry, I just thought I'd slip up, see if I slip it by you, and I say, you know, can we do a rewrite on that? And he he narrowly sort of whistles away and gets me a rewrite. Amazing. I mean, I had no idea Paddy was quite this funny and skilled. I mean, he's a funny, successful man. Don't get me wrong. And as well as what, what else can we say about him? He's handsome. He's successful. He's uh, yeah. He, he can drive a great he, car. You didn't realize he had so many sides to him. That's the one. That's you know. the one. Yeah. yeah. You're you're like his Loki. Hmm. What's a Loki? So a Loki is uh, he's the god of misrule, or the god of mischief. Oh. Right. oh. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, Paddy's Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Now that that makes sense now. Now I now I get it. Now I believe he really does write all of your things all the time. And you're. Thank so, you. So what did he just pluck you from obscurity? Were you like an accordion player outside his house one day, and he was like, "Ah, oh, that's the that's the person I need to be the other me." Uh, no, we met at a Doctor Who convention. Okay. And bonded over Doctor Who. And uh, then we just sort of took it from there, really. Right. Who? I mean, who's his favourite Doctor? Um, ooh, the older, one of the older guys. <laughs> Amazed you can't remember this. Tom, Tom Baker, yeah. Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> I think it's Tom Baker at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, um, ca- <laughs> we're carrying it on, Lou. I didn't think, I mean, this is Radio Gold here. You know, people will, mm. I, yeah, I really hope... I really hope this makes the papers mm. new. You know, I, I sort of. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant, actually. Lou Sanders admits um, Paddy McGuinness writes all my material. Speaking recently on the Andy J show, Lou is. Yeah, OK. I mean, I can see yeah, that would be really good. That would be great. Is that. <laughs> I wonder if more people or less people come to the show. Maybe more people. I mean, you'll get you'll get more sort of car fans. Yeah, that's the fans I want in a way. Yeah, because he obviously hosts Top Gear. So I mean, that's that. Yeah, will you start yeah. doing bits on on Audis and, and electric vehicles and so on? Do you think? Well, I've already got a bit about a Toyota Yaris, so you know, build it and they will come. I guess the old yeah. saying is. Yeah, well, obviously that'll be entirely down to Paddy as well. I mean, is is he a hundred percent responsibility? For, for, is, it, is it literally everything you say, or does he let you riff a little bit? No, 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 no. It's about eighty-seven percent at this stage. Okay, okay. Are you just mm. sort of slowly weaning off Paddy? Is that the? No, no. It, it's important to have thirteen percent of your own sort of, you know, your own stuff there, just so they get the, the you know, bit bit of you as well. I mean, now that uh, thank you, thank you for giving me this exclusively. Now that now that this is sort of out there, you know, do you think maybe you should change your Twitter handle, you know, and, and sort of just admit more in your sort of feeds and so on? Thirteen percent me, eighty-seven percent Paddy. No, no, I'm still me. So, you know, I'm still saying the words, you know. So, you know, I'm doing the gestures. The gestures are all me. 
the body language, if I click my fingers or slap my thigh, you know, to add to the material, that's all about my doing. So. Right, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, Jodie Whittaker for me, thanks for Jody, asking. Is it, well, yeah, <laughs> but but if you met more than, I mean, the trouble is that that sort of, that skews your timeline slightly with, because obviously she's only been around for four or five years, whereas if you met Paddy at a convention prior to fame, so over 12 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, she wouldn't have been the doctor. Unless you used a TARDIS, No, but now, of course, yeah, but you can change, you can change all the time. You it's know. now, Jodie, yeah. Is now Jodie. Yeah. Jodie is now. I can't think of any of the doctors before her now. No, it's just Jodie for me, you know. Have you just Googled Doctor Who while we've been talking to try to try and come up with someone? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Would you? Would you be the Doctor? Because I've not seen you act, as it were. That, that that doesn't. I mean. Oh, let me tell you, I'm an absolutely terrific actor. Are you? It's. Yeah, I, you would be crying in all the sad bits. You know, I'll, I'll move people to tears with my acting in a good way. Okay. I mean, what what would be your ideal TV show? Because I'm imagining you're going to say something like Bridgerton now. I mean, what would, what, what would you star in? Well, no, something like Dirty Rock. Something okay. where a lot of it's improvised. And, um... um yeah, less lines to learn. <laughs> <laughs> take, take the lazy route. Yeah. What, you and I just show yeah. up basically exactly what you do right now, yeah, except except with Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah, and more makeup. <laughs> and better outfit, yeah. yeah. Fey Rock was great. They, they should, I mean, they should bring it back, but I don't think they will for, for many reasons. But, yeah, that was a, that was a very good show. So let's talk about... Mm people that inspire you because you've had I mean obviously you've had the great and the good on your podcast and mm, the, cuddle, mm. the cuddle club which is doing really well isn't it you've had like millions of listens now which is incredible well done to you yes yes it's a lovely pod um <laughs> had self-esteem on last week that was lovely um yeah I had some nice good old people on it's nice excuse to start asking nosy questions basically Yes, you can. You can kind of probe and, and pry. But sort of which which sort of members of the comedy circuit right now, who, who inspires you? Who makes you laugh? Well, let me see. <laughs> um, I saw Tim Key's show the other week. That was very good. Uh, Catherine Ryan is, I think, such a good stand-up. She, also, she gets so much done. Um I love Sarah Silverman. I love Maria Bamford. Uh, Dimitri Martin. Claudia Doherty doesn't do much stand up now, but she was phenomenal. Um, John Kearns, I think, is amazing. His show was the best thing I've ever seen, I think. Wow. His last show. Um, yeah. Yeah, loads of people. Basically everyone. You think everybody's funny on the scene. I mean, there's... there's not a, that's everyone, a, that's no, good, not everyone. Not, that, was, that, was across, <laughs> that was across two continents, don't forget. No, that was impressive. I mean, maybe we should narrow it down. Who's not funny? Who's Who doesn't deserve to be oh, the position they're now, in? Now, how long have you... No, I wouldn't. I'm spiritual. I couldn't. <laughs> no, that's the right answer. But but one thing that we have seen recently, and, and this is a little bit serious, so... You know, let's obviously we can tread as lightly as you want, but we have sort of seen something that's obviously now referred to as cancel culture. You know, starting mm. off obviously with 
editing classic Little Britain so that certain scenes were removed, which I think a, a lot of people thought was the right thing to do. And then you had the flip side of the argument, which was, well, it was funny at the time, you know, and, 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 and there it is. Then, of course, we've seen people like Jimmy Carr come under the microscope for certain jokes that he made on a Netflix special. And, and that, again, got him into a lot of hot water. Are you finding that it's more and more challenging now to be able to sort of, like, like Ricky Gervais sort of says the joke should never be edited. If it's made, if it's made you laugh, that's the point of it. It's not, it's not a sort of personal attack on somebody. But is that the approach that you find? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's the intention behind it. But then I think that, like there's ugly comedy that's just bringing down a group that we're just struggling. It's just like, why can't, you know, uh, you know, there's sort of fixed older men who are just, I don't think they've got a right to everything kind of thing. And you're like, well, why don't you hear another side of the argument? Why don't you be flexible at least and fluid and, I don't know, but then there's people that are just like really desperate to cancel people and be vitriolic over something. It's all a mess, really. I think everyone should just chill out a little bit and not be so, uh, you know, I don't know. Try to be nice and try to find something. I don't know. Like, I always enjoy the comedy that's not like pointing the finger at someone else. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's more, I think it's better to analyze yourself and then through that we all learn about each other anyway so it's better to like i don't know but te- tearing something down i don't think is ever going to be the highest comedy i mean there are but, certain topics that especially with very established comedians who've had a very good career for many decades there are certain topics that surely you know it's one line i don't need that that's that's not necessary. That's not going to enhance yeah. my reputation. It's not going to get a, the biggest laugh of the night. I'll just leave that out. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, I can only really talk from personal experience, but if I've said something that I think, oh, is that a cheap laugh? Like I might say it a few times and then it doesn't like sit that well with me. And then I never, I must, I must have, I definitely, <laughs> I looked back at, Oh, no, I won't say that, actually. And also, we've all said stuff in the past, and it's like seven years ago, we can say a different time. And so I don't know. It's all context and nuance, isn't it? We can discuss it till, you know, the cows have babies, I suppose. But it's like, what does it do? Not a lot. Well, I think, I think every person that's of a certain age can think to a time in their life where they sort of wish they hadn't said something or they wish they hadn't done something. I mean, goodness, yeah, I, I make myself blush with things I've done in the past all the time. And I think, oh, God, I can't believe I said that. But the difference is with, with a comedian or someone in the public eye, there's a record of that. You know, it's, it's not just mm. a conversation they had in a pub that they regret. It's a conversation that was recorded that was put out in front of millions of people. So it is very different. Yeah. And it's difficult to contextualise because just in the last five, seven years, like you're talking about, we've seen nobody knew the word woke five years ago. Nobody knew what that meant, but hopefully people were becoming more accepting of other people's choices. And then someone chose to label it woke, which I find slightly strange. And and then cancel culture arrived and that, you know, how long is that going to stick around for? Yeah. I mean, the whole world is a mess and I think it's a symptom of that really. People 
sort of wanting to tear people down or, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, but then it feels like the right, that, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We're not going to solve I don't think we're going to solve it on this radio show. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're doing us a disservice here, Lou. You know, we solve these things all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think the world's a mess and lots of people are unhappy. But um, also, just try not to upset a whole group of people to just see a little joke. Unless it's the Tories. You know, you see, it's complicated. <laughs> it's, it's a nuanced thing. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about the tour. One word, wow. Tell tell me all about it. Well, it's just to show about what I got up into the in the pandemic into the pandemic. Um uh meeting a boy at the skate park, started roller skating, um, just about taking risks and being scared. Um, trying not to trying to diminish my ego, which doesn't work that well. Um, and that kind of thing really, yeah. Okay, and is this how much of this is yours? How much of it, has Paddy had an influence in this? Is he? Yeah, it's 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 eighty-seven thirteen. It's the right. classic McGuinness Sanders split. Nice, nice. Has he? Like, I haven't seen him do any roller skating. Whereas, obviously, you're you've put out quite a few videos of you having a lot of fun on roller skates. Was this entirely his yeah. doing, or is this something that you've been drawn to yourself? Yeah, he he put me on the skates. <laughs> I didn't even want to roller skate, but Paddy McGuinness was like, look, you need to sort of angle for the show. He bought me my first pair of roller skates as well. Wow. Were they were they good yeah. ones or were they were they sort of one of those sort of cheaper no, brands? No, no. No, 50 pounds from Amazon. Really? They took ages because they were via China, yeah. So, you know, and Paddy's got some money. So yeah. I was like, Paddy, if you want me to do this, you know, you've got to get me a better rolling boot. Got to give you the tools. Did he give you some knee pads as mm. well or was he not fussed about your knees? No, he's not fussed about safety. Wow. No, I'll say I should rephrase that. He's not fussed about my safety. Your safety, your fussed Other people's safety. He's it's a big thing for him, but obviously not yours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm learning a lot about him and 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 his many of his choices today. More, probably more about Paddy than you, in fact, today, Lou, which is not not what I was expecting on any level. I mean, it sort of makes a mockery of these 25 pages of notes I've made about you, but that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm neither neither bitter bitter nor disappointed. It's it's all good. Um, let's let's talk about a, a question I like to ask people, which I always get a kind of massive range of answers to, and I know that obviously yeah. as, as as sort of Paddy's vehicle, you're a massive car fan. So I I like to ask people about a dream drive. So you can choose a car, you can drive it oh. any, anywhere you like in the world, but you have to fill yeah. it with four famous faces who are going on this journey with you. Now, I don't okay. mind if the faces are alive or dead, um, whether they're Not real really. or fictional. All they have to be is yeah. somebody that we would all know. So you can't, for example, you can't choose Great Uncle Sid. Um, but no, okay, okay. Who, who is joining you on your journey? What are you driving or have you got someone else driving you? And where do you go? It's a camper van, but it's electric. So it's um, not bad for the environment. Okay, nice. but you can pop out the back and wash your berries, etc. Good. Uh, fruit, fruit, not, not even. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's a camper van with all the facilities and because I'm lazy, but it's electric. And then... Um, Probably the coast of one of the coasts of Australia. Nice. Um, so it's always hot, dip in the sea, good skate parks. Then who is it that's in the car? I wonder. Um, 
Oh, who is it? I don't know. Four people. Yeah. Do you want me to come up with them on the spot? I do. I do. Yes, because you've come up with so much on the spot so far that I think this is uh, a <laughs> at least. Yeah. Well, it's probably four comedians. It's probably the classic split of two female, two male. You want to pop a couple of dead ones in there um, because when when else are you going to get the chance? True. This is very true. You know, yeah, they, you're bringing them back for this trip up. only. Yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, uh, yeah. It's too hard. Do you know what this question is? Too, it's like saying, what's your favourite song? There is no favourite song because your favourite song should keep changing all it the should. time. It you should. can't commit. You cannot commit four people to my camper van and not let them get out. Well, what if they don't want to be there? They they do. That's that's the whole point. Is they're very keen to All join right, you okay. on your tour All of. Right. Okay, it's Eddie Vedder. It's Eddie Vedder. It's Shannon Hoon. He died. Um, he was Brian Mellon, um singer. Yes, he was. Um, no rain so remains. Them... One of the greatest songs ever. Oh, it's such a good tune. Okay, so it's them two. Um, oh God, I did want to put some girls in, but I've just got to pop Keanu Reeves in, of course. Of course. Um, not very feminist, I know. And then, um, oh, who's the funniest lady? Who's a bit of a blooming laugh? Tina Fey is very funny. You've already kind of referenced Tina her. Tina Fey. So then there's yes, Sarah Tina Silverman Fey. that you've mentioned. Sarah you know, Silverman. I'm having Sarah Silverman. Amy yep, Poehler. Yep, yep. You know, these are all people I think you might go with. I'm I'm having Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Because not only is she very funny, she's she talks about topics, and I agree with her every single time. Yes, she's quite iconic, she, isn't she? Hang on, so yeah, you've got Eddie Vedder, yeah. you've got Shannon from Blind Melon, yeah. Keanu Reeves, and Sarah K. Silverman. Yeah, is that this too many? Is, this is, is that a good, No, this is good. It's very American, taking a lot of Americans to Australia. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's, that'll be get interesting him, as well. Get, get them out. Get them out of the country. You've got some get music. You've got some acting. Presumably Keanu will stop you on the beach and you'll all do a bit of you know, Tai Chi or something. Oh, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I'd expect. Have you met Keanu? Not yet, but I am hopeful. Are you writing him into your sitcom? Oh, that's a good idea, isn't it? It's just, I mean, just a thought. Just a thought for you. Yeah, that's a good idea. That is a very good idea. I have had the um, pleasure of oh, meeting Keanu twice, and he's, he's in a very, what? very nice man. Yeah, he's great. Wow, how? Uh, from race, he loves motorbikes, as you know. Obviously, big, uh, mm-hmm. big fan of Keanu's. Um, so I met him at Le Mans. I was hosting the the racing series Le Mans, uh, Le Mans twenty four, and he was on the grid. There was him, Brad Pitt. Uh, hang on, who else was there? It was him, Brad Pitt, Jackie Chan, and Jason Statham. And I had to get in the wow. middle of them and interview them all. Uh, oh, and Patrick Dempsey. Oh, Dr. Dreamy himself. Patrick Dempsey was the other one there. I had to get into the middle of them all and talk to them for the, for the telly, right? Brad Pitt was yeah. lovely. It was lovely, very friendly, various, you know, kind of looks you in the eye, really nice guy. Patrick Dempsey was absolutely joyful and, and spent a lot of time just kind of chatting away. It was really, really nice. Jackie Chan was super cool. Uh, I mean, super cool. It's Jackie Chan. Keanu was my favourite of them all because I had, there was an advert break when I was due to chat to Keanu. So before we were live, he was just chatting away about how nervous he was around all these people and he hadn't been to an event like this before. It was just lovely and then solid gold on camera. The only one that wouldn't speak to me was Jason Statham. Why? 
Why? He was just like, oh, no, I'm too busy. Jason Statham, he's just watched Brad Pitt chat to me for like five minutes, but he wouldn't, I think it's probably because I didn't ask him first. Oh, golly, 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 golly. Well, maybe he has something going on that day, but don't know. He was he was on the grid. He had nothing else to do, believe me. But there it is. Maybe his grandma was sick. We don't know, do we? We don't. But what a great what a great day. That it was is. a strong day. For them. For it them was... to speak to you. Okay. It was a strong day. It was a lot of fun. But Keanu, no, Keanu will be great fun on a road trip. I can guarantee he'll be amazing. And I have a blind melon story for you if you'd like it. Go on. Because yes, I know I you like, like a bit it. of blind melon. So one of my best friends yeah. in the world is Chris Barron. Yeah. And Chris Barron is the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. And they went on tour with right. Blind Melon. And Chris said that they used to be the coolest guys in the world. Wow. Of course they did. It's such a shame he got taken too early, Shannon Hayes. Yes, it is a shame. It is a shame. Really old Shannon. What was he doing? He was obviously <laughs> in a bad place, which is a huge shame. Yeah. Well, you can find out on your road trip when you can bring him back for, for one trip only and you can ask him. Yeah. Get him to sing yeah. songs to you. Yeah, lovely. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Good. Start, I'm going to start packing now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's an idea. It's a good idea. Um, Lou, what's next for you? You've obviously got this massive tour. You're kind of, there's about, about a third of it left now. So you've still got about 300 dates from the looks of things because you just. Oh, no. I thought so it was many. halfway through. <laughs> oh, God. Basically playing everywhere and then playing them again, which is amazing. Um, but what's next? Obviously, you are doing things in conjunction with the tour as well. But what what would you like to share with us that you're. Well, might be, doing, might be doing series three of Unforgivable, but it's not confirmed yet. Exciting. And then, I shouldn't really say that, should I? Uh, in case, I think, I think it was, well, I can't say. Um, well, mainly I'm going on holiday for 10 days. So that's quite nice. Where are you going? In the middle of, can't say, we've got a stalker. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it Australia in a camper van? Yeah, it is. Um, but no, so that'd be fun. A little holiday, back to the tour, and then um, some other bits and bobs. I'll let you know what I know, basically. So, well, please do. Yes, that would be wonderful. Fantastic. Lou, it's been a, a fascinating conversation. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you. Thanks for taking my time. I've really enjoyed it. I don't know how much sense we've made for the last hour, but... I've enjoyed it. I hope you have. Uh, yes, I have. Thank you for do, having me. Do we need to sense check any of this with Paddy or do you think it'll all be fine? No, that'd be fine. It's good for Paddy. Yeah, you're, you're tight with him. It's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, cool. Nice one. See ya next uh, time. Thanks for having me. I wish you all the success. I'm coming to see you in London soon, so I will wave oh, at you. I might, I might even wear yeah, a Paddy nice McGuinness T-shirt so you know it's me. Oh, lovely, lovely. All right, cool. See you there. Take care. Have a great day. All right, <laughs> Thanks, Lou. You too. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye. Andy J Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.